The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on what is a gorgeous day here in Auburn Opelika. It is opening day for college baseball postseason play. Auburn is uh, hosting the regional today. The first game going on right now, Sanford and Southern Miss. Shout out to the Bulldogs up one nothing on Southern Miss early in the bottom half of the third inning. We'll talk about that regional. defense. Yeah. Yeah, they're I'm Sanford, man. Don't mess around. This is look, there's a reason people talked about this regional as tough. And what if Sanford comes out and beats Southern Miss in game one? It'd be pretty big. So we'll talk about this regional. We'll talk about Auburn and their game against Penn coming up later tonight, six o'clock over at Plainsman Park. I'm Jacob Goins. Alongside me as always is Carter Bird. And uh we convinced Jack Hutton to come in the studio for the first thirty minutes of today's show. Jack, hello, man. How are you? What's up, baby? How you doing? <laughs> We are hey doing buddy, good. How are you? Hey, buddy. How you well, doing, bud? Jack, you always come in and want to talk baseball, and of course, that's what is on the uh, schedule for today. We'll talk baseball with Jack I'll Cutting. talk anything you want to talk about. Yeah, well, I figured we'll let you talk a little baseball, <laughs> since baseball is playing today. I figured we could talk about that a little bit. So, we'll talk baseball the first 30 minutes. Also, coming up later in this hour, the SEC came to a decision on next year's football schedule, so we'll talk about that a little bit today. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> you, you hate it? For, I, I don't like it. I just I don't like it. For, it. for 24, the way right. it's going to yes, set up. That's what I mean. If you keep the same thing the way that they want, theoretically, to stay at eight games, it only benefits Auburn. I, sure. I think as a whole, though, I mean, looking at the conference, you go, why not is my question. Why not go to nine? Because it's harder to get those wins. It's harder to get those and wins I think it's and because, it's harder to stay in the playoff. And I think it's because teams are overvaluing what they mean to be on TV for an extra game a season. I don't think it's overvalued at all. I think it's spot on, and they just don't want to lose out on the money, and I don't blame them And for ESPN's that. under no obligation to give them more money. And they right. definitely will not. And they shouldn't. I don't think they should. I really don't. I don't think they, they should. I mean, they probably should give them a little bit more. That's why I'm saying school, like teams, as in schools, are overvaluing how yes. much they mean to be on ESPN. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. It's worth a lot of money, and that's where all the complications are coming in. But we'll talk about some of that later on in the show today. Yeah, also, when Jack leaves. yeah, when Jack leaves, that's right. <laughs> so you have no say in what this conversation okay, is about. I'll shut up now. <laughs> we bring you for baseball, and that's it. That's all you're here for is baseball. I so, hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. But that is the prevalent thing going on today. So we will talk baseball. We'll talk about the SEC scheduling. Also, uh, Andy Katz at CBS released his first bracketology and the disrespect for Auburn is ridiculous. We'll talk about that later on. It's happening on. everywhere because ESPN put out their first, or I guess their next mm-hmm. version of the way too early top 25 and Auburn's 30th. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And the respect also, that Kentucky is Kentucky's getting. Kentucky's 24th. Yeah. What? 
for nothing. Yeah, for nothing. For the it's, namesake alone. They've you, lost everyone. If you have a top 25 right now with Kentucky in it, you are not serious. Yeah, I'm with agree. you. you I, have, they have seven yeah. players. I support that, 100%. And so we get to talk about that today, too. So it should be a fantastic show. Again, Jack Hudden in studio for the first 30 minutes. Fridays, you know how they are. Wide open for you, the listeners. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. Your thoughts on the baseball game going on tonight, the regionals going on around the country this weekend, the football news with the eight-game schedule, uh, the basketball news that Auburn is still getting disrespect after everybody's coming back that needed to. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 give us a call phone lines are wide open today but Jack let's jump into it while you're here Auburn playing tonight against Penn in the regional the first game going on right now it's Sanford and Southern Miss and then Auburn playing Penn later today and the winners of those games will play of course tomorrow just your thoughts on this regional as a whole before we start talking about Auburn in particular and what Auburn has to do to win. Your thoughts on the regional as a whole for Auburn paired up with Sanford, Southern Miss, and Penn. Well, it's not going to be necessarily the the big football names that you know of. I mean, I think that's where a lot of people kind of get caught up with this is that these are not big names. So you got Penn, who I'm not quite sure the last time I saw Penn play football. Um, you've got Sam probably never because yeah. they're in the Ivies. Well, yes, I'm as in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to help. I, I meant like on TV or something. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I'm saying probably never. <laughs> That's true. Um, you know, and then Samford, of course, is a, it, an FCS team um, in football at least, um, and so you're not going to get much name recognition there outside of just them being in the state. Southern Miss, you're going to see Stanford this year play football. You sure are, yeah. Um, but then uh, Southern Miss, of course, is is. Another one that actually has a really impressive baseball program when you look at uh, their recent history. Of course, they hosted a regional last year. I um, think they've hosted regionals before. Um, they've hosted two regionals. 09 yeah. when they went to the College World Series, That's which right. was the first time, which I think is crazy. You host a regional once and go all the way to the College World Series. And I think they've uh, and ended up... two are yeah. the only are the only two where they lost to the eventual national champions in a super regional. believe that was the case. Yeah, I believe they've been to a lot of super regionals and just haven't been able to get over the hump of getting to Omaha either. So that's an, it's an impressive baseball program. Um, you know, I, I do think, so looking at the conversation as of late, when the committee came out with their field of 64, the big knock on it, as it has been for a few years now, was RPI and the RPI modeling needs to change. And if you're not familiar with RPI, that's the, the ranking system of how college baseball teams are essentially ranked. They have a numeric value, and then you rank them one through, I think it's 305 teams. And uh, typically, you got to get about, if you're an SEC team at least, if you're in top 20, you got a chance at hosting a regional. Um, Southern Miss has an RPI of 21 coming into this. And I think that there was some confusion with you know how it's going to look moving forward because there were a lot of questions about it. of course John Ho- John Cohen um, was the chairman of the committee for the selection process and so I think within their conversations they decided that that model's got to change I thought it was interesting though that they still you you still seeded teams according to not necessarily directly according to the RPI but you factored in RPI heavily yes even though you admit that it's a flawed system and I think the reason they do that is because you know you set up your schedules two years 
in advance, maybe. At, le- at least you start doing that. Mm-hmm. And so there's really not a good way to go back and say, well, now that you've adjusted your schedule, you know, to try and gain the highest RPI you can, essentially to try and gain the system as much as you can, uh, we're just going to change it on you. So I think that's the reason why they haven't done it yet. Um, but I, I do think that's coming in college baseball. As for this region, I, go, I, I know I got on kind of a tangent there. Um, after this regional, I think Southern Miss is probably the biggest threat. You've got Jacob oh, Cravey yeah. um, going today for Samford, and he's done really well. Tanner Hall, I think, is actually one of the best pitchers in the country. Um, he's got a 1.00 whip and a 2.2 ERA. He's thrown 100 innings now on the year, and he's got over 110 strikeouts and only 30 walks. So he's, they've got he's big time. on the mound right now? Samford does, yeah. That's what I was saying. Um, they Sorry. got Craven. Uh, I think it is Cra- yeah, Cravey on the mound right now. Because Southern Miss saved their guy for tomorrow with a potential matchup of all. Actually, no. So Tanner Hall is their, is their big guy, and he's going today. Okay. He is currently throwing against Well, that was Sanford. different than what we were talking Lindsay, yesterday with Lindsay. Lindsay told us yesterday that okay. uh, they were Interesting. Tanner Hall is going today for Southern Miss. I would bet, um, if I was a betting man, um, I would probably say that Nico Mazzo was going to go tomorrow. Um, he's a, he's a, about a four ERA guy. Uh, he's thrown about 65 innings on the year, 80 strikeouts, 41 walks. So he is a strikeout heavy pitcher. Um, to be honest with you, I, I just – I put the SEC on so much of a pedestal with baseball, yes. um, and I think and we've talked should. about the yeah, and I think we've talked about this in the past. But you know, I'm looking at Nico Maza being a strikeout pitcher. I would love to know what that looks like against SEC competition because I don't think you're going to get the same strikeout rate. You might get a good one, but I don't think you're going to get that. And so, if he is who Auburn would face should they go through Penn tonight, um, I just I wonder how that's going to fare for Southern Up- Miss update. Uh, Virginia officially hates the uh, troops as they won fifteen to one over Army. Man, um, that's worse than that's worse than what Auburn did to them in twenty eighteen. Also, we got LSU Tulane underway, and I did this math yesterday, Jack. If Tulane wins every single game from this point out, they will be twenty nine and forty and national champions. <laughs> I love it. Eleven Don't games love it? under five hundred. It'd be unbelievable. <laughs> well, Tulane is just a, it's a miracle that they're even in, but they Same earned it. For so. Stanford, honestly, like yeah. like Tulane winning their their conference tournament to get to, and getting to nineteen wins to get in the tournament is similarly impressive as. Sanford winning three games on the final day of their tournament to mm-hmm. advance. Yeah, and now they're playing Southern Miss on top one nothing in the top half of the fourth. What do you guys I think? You think call of, on Jack. What? What do you? I'm just curious as to as to what you guys' opinions are on um, when you look at a regional. What do you think about the number one seed throwing their ace in the first game or saving till the second? Game? I think you, it tends to be you. You need to save your ace for the second because. Statistics tell you that the one seed is going to beat the four seed regardless. I mean, it doesn't matter. And the big thing in a regional is getting to 2-0 because you know that that conversion rate of winning a regional after starting 2-0 is so high. I think you you're if you're a one seed, you need to play for 2-0 rather than playing for 1-0. I agree with That's you. exactly where I'm at is with – even if you don't throw your ace on opening night of the regional when you're a one seed playing your four seed, even if you go to your second, third best guy, he should still be good enough to beat that four seed. And even if he has a bad day, 
your offense should be good enough, and your bullpen should be good enough to still beat that four seed, in my opinion. And so that's why, unless it's just a hammer of a four seed that is on fire and you are really, really scared of them, I wouldn't throw my ace on on the first night of regional play. That's why I find it interesting that tonight LSU is throwing Paul Skeens against Tulane. Wow. 19-win Tulane. I thought for sure they'd save him. I, I thought, thought they'd for go. Sure they'd I thought him. they'd go Thatcher Hurd. I thought they might go Ty Floyd, maybe Christian Little. I mean, somebody to just get through game one. So are Here's they that scared going, of Tulane? They're going no. Paul Skeens. Here's a hot take for you: because they're doing that, LSU's not going to win the Baton Rouge Regional. You think Oregon State? I think somebody like they, they've got some teams that I'm I'm not exactly comfortable with. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is when you look at an LSU team playing a Tulane, like I just said, unless you are just scared to death of that team, is LSU scared of how hot Tulane is, or are they just trying to secure the first win and then build hey. off of that with momentum? I don't know. Oregon State's a great program. Sam Houston's not a team that you can no. really just dismiss. A team that Auburn almost actually played in a super regional way back in 2017 it was paired with the florida state regional which auburn came within a pitch of winning and sam houston state won their regional which paired up with that that would have meant an auburn super at the time against sam houston in auburn so Hmm. all these little connections going on yeah well so you know the the staff that built sam houston up to the baseball program that they're at right now was david pierce left Sam Houston, went to Tulane, brought Tulane back, and took the Texas job. And that's where he and his Uh staff are now. That's right. Which is a crazy baseball circle, really. I mean, the the only reason why I know that is because I was committed to play for David Pierce at Tulane. (laughs) (laughs) So you have the inside. You have the inside scoop. scoop. And then they all left for for, for Texas. (laughs) Yeah, it's only Carter. (laughs) Yeah, Carter was like, "Well, other than that, I guess we're gonna. I guess we're gonna change it." And I know that I know that we probably got to get to break here soon, but. I'm interested to hear what y'all have to say about not maybe not a one versus four, but let's say you're the two seed and you're playing a three seed. You're playing a good three seed. You What's the move yeah. there? It's you a different it. conversation. Unless, yeah. unless you feel like Southern Miss Sanford would have been one of the few spots if I was a two seed where I'm like, you know, like Sanford's probably a four seed caliber team. They got crazy hot and won three games in a day, and that's and that pushed them to yeah. To three seed status. I'm surprised they're not a four seed. Actually, I'm surprised yeah. Sanford's not a four seed. I think that they got a. Ton, I think they. If I had to guess, the committee gave them a ton of credit for what they did on that final day. Mm-hmm. Right, and if and, I'm Southern Miss, I know it's a one nothing game. Is Sanford's winning? But I don't think if I don't think if I was Southern Miss, I wouldn't have thrown my ace today. I don't think I would have against Sanford. Yeah. I think you you got to play that and the ace is down one nothing. <laughs> Right, so, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess, but it just depends, really. It really just depends for me. Santa Clara, 2 nothing, top of the first, one out, runner on first over Arkansas. Arkansas. Right wow. wow, the Arkansas Ar- regional. Who did okay. Arkansas end up going with today? Uh, I do not know the answer to that. I can check. Because I haven't that. looked. I know that game, didn't it just start like a few minutes ago? Uh, yes, they're okay. at the top of the first. Okay, right, 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 right. Arkansas has a single out. Uh, it's... 39 on the mound it starts with a b jack may know before i get to it probably so well we'll talk some more baseball we'll talk auburn especially when we come back what do they have to do to win tonight against Penn and also win their regional as a whole we got jack cutting in studio for the first 30 minutes right before we go to break troy 
Up 2 nothing on Boston College. Okay. Just hit a sack fly. They're going to be up 3 nothing in the top of the first. So we got some upsets brewing early. How, yes. how about those Troy Trojans? Hunter Holland on the mound for the Hogs today. Mm-hmm. He is the number two guy for Arkansas. He threw really well in the Cod Series mm-hmm. last year, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so they went with their number two guy, and he's given up a few runs to Santa Clara. We'll give you some updates on scores, talk some more Auburn baseball when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back inside the studio here at ESPN 1067 for the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins. He's Carter Bird. We're joined by Jack Hutton for a few more minutes. I uh, was able to get 30 minutes out of him today talking Auburn baseball. Of course, they play Penn tonight in game one of the regional for them inside of Plainsman Park. Jack, your thoughts on Auburn in particular coming into this regional, coming out of the SEC tournament, they get over the hump of not winning in Hoover since 2018. Unfortunately, they fell to Alabama the fifth time. They're what, 0-5 now against Alabama in the SEC tournament all time yep. in, in Hoover. Just so that's exciting. Man. <laughs> yeah, so that's fun. But your thoughts on Auburn Coming into this regional, one of eight SEC teams hosting. They play Penn tonight. They get the winner of Sanford and Southern Miss. Your thoughts on Auburn coming into this on just their their feeling and the the and everything going on with Auburn. Yeah. Just your thoughts on how on how Auburn can do in this regional. Yeah, look at if you take away the last two days of the SEC tournament. So so let's look at the broader picture here. Auburn went 12-3 and to finish the regular season against – there were two teams in there who we'll say are probably top 15 teams. I think at their best potential are top five teams, LSU and South Carolina. I think at their at their peak, they're, they're top five teams in the country. A part of um, me wonders if South Carolina was just fraudulent all year. Maybe so. I don't know. But <laughs> they are ranked – I mean, they're still ranked. They're hosting a regional, and so it does look good on you. Um, yeah, it does. Absolutely. But you, then you also – I thought the even more impressive thing – and it, well, maybe not more impressive, but almost, I guess, more impressive than it would look on the outside is going 6-0 and the last two weekends over both Ole Miss and Missouri. I mean, 6-0 and in baseball in just about – against just about any team that has similar talent to you, as in SEC talent, is tough to do. I mean, baseball is yeah. such a very a, – I don't know how to say that variative game, a game of variation. And so, I mean, you're hoping that, you know, if you can get through those five and one, you're thinking, man, we're in great shape. Auburn wins all six of those games and really cements themselves as a regional host. So um, going back to last segment, and I think going back on what we've said beforehand, I think the SEC is a different tier. Um, and I think you see that this weekend. I, I, I do think much like last year, this Auburn team comes out and can swing the bats really hot. Um, and I think they, I think they jump on pin tonight pretty quickly. I think that maybe tomorrow night, if they get Southern Miss, if they get Samford, I think that's going to go Auburn's way pretty well. Um, as long as you get good starts out of the, uh, out of Allsup, out of Vale, as long as you get what you think out of those guys, all you got to do is just get the bats to at least wake up for a few innings. And I think you should be able to not coast in this, but to win it pretty handily. Yeah, and that's really, that's kind of how I feel coming into this regional with Auburn is when you just put the two teams on the field, Auburn is better than all three of these teams. They're more talented. And yeah, the SEC carries so much weight when you play the best teams and the best conference in the entire country weekend in and weekend out. And I think for Auburn, 
it should be a weekend where the pitching staff should not have a ton of stress. Yes, Southern Miss can hit the baseball. Sanford can hit the baseball. But this should be a weekend where the offense carries you to a super regional, whether it's here in Plainsman Park or if it's in Clemson, South Carolina. Auburn's offense should carry them this weekend, and it should be a low-stress week for for the pitching staff of Auburn. I just think that's what this weekend needs to be because that's what this team has done all year long is the offense is always there. It's whether the pitching can be there or not. I just think this weekend should be about the offense. And if that if that happens, Auburn shouldn't have any trouble getting out of it. We were talking about, what, the talent level in the SEC, just how good the SEC is. Here's just a thought for you. Is that going to get even better? Because th- think about this. USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. Big Ten's not a good baseball conference, and that's not a great situation for your kids in South in Southern California to why would you want to go play USC and UCLA and play so many road series yeah. mm-hmm. over in the Midwest and Northeast? And play bad teams. You see these, these Southern Cal kids say, I mean, yeah, I would have gone to USC. I would have gone to UCLA. Now, I mean, all things considered, now I'm going to go play in the best league in the country. Yeah, because I don't want to fly up to, you know, I don't know. I don't want to fly to Columbus. I don't want to fly to New Jersey and Maryland. If I'm not going to play in my part of the country in front of my family, why wouldn't like why would I go play in a lesser baseball conference? Why don't I go play in the best comp? Right, and and when that comes to competition too, because these guys are trying to get to the pros and playing in the Big Ten. Let's just be honest: the Big Ten's not a good baseball conference. They suck most of the time, and it does not (laughs) and it does not help the the Pac-12 because now all of a sudden you Mm -hmm. don't have a team in Southern California right now that these kids can play in front of their families. They're going to get into mid-major status with some of these Power Five conferences. It's it's going to be more of a Power Two or Three. This would be if San Diego and San Diego State could somehow luck their way into the Pac-12. You're talking about two teams that could, I think, get really good in baseball really quickly. Yeah, sure. And, oh, yeah. and they're decent teams already. Yeah. And they are decent. I mean, San Diego State, you think about, I mean, they did produce Steven Strasburg, who was yeah. filth. Hosted a regional a few years back. Can't remember exact year, but... Um, yeah, definitely so. I think that's a good point is that as you get these bigger California schools getting lumped in with and the Big Texas Ten. Texas and OU coming right. into the SEC, two great programs. I will say Oklahoma is a really good program. Texas is a great program. Probably the, what, the second most decorated program in college baseball history. Which yep. extends. Maybe third behind LSU. USC is obviously first, even though they haven't won anything in forever. But... USC won all of those national championships in the yeah. 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's like the UCLA of basketball. Yeah, well, it, and, and even UCLA. It really is. It's even similar to UCLA of baseball. UCLA baseball has a really sound history. I mean, even teams in but they, Vanderbilt's they, going to come on lately. They've been better more recently. They have. Like, yeah. USC has not been that College World Series, like, really high-level Pac-12 team in a while. Mm. UCLA and Oregon State and Stanford and... Even Arizona and I guess Arizona State did it more recently than USC did, I feel like. Right. 
and Arizona State's still not there. But and you but, bring up Texas and Oklahoma as they come to the SEC, that just makes the SEC circle that much bigger. And those schools are closer for a California kid mm-hmm. rather than Florida or whatever. And it's easier for these SEC teams to go ahead and start dipping into Texas because it's going to be easier for those Texas families to come watch their kids play uh, when when the, when these other SEC schools come play at Texas A&M or Texas or even Oklahoma mm-hmm. in some places. So here's a here's an interesting thing that I think piggybacking off of what you're saying, if you were to go to which is going to, if USC and UCLA, if you know everything goes well and they do start playing in the Pac-12 or the Big Ten, which they're scheduled to do, the Big Sixteen, um, <laughs> that's it. Uh, you've got to go to like you were saying earlier, Maryland. I think you got to go to Rutgers. Yeah, you got to go, go up Jersey. north to New Jersey. I mean. You got to go up to Northwestern, uh, Michigan the, State, the Los Angeles Indiana. to Piscataway uh, direct flights. Probably not a great one. And the thing is about that is now you're looking at, especially in the the committee, the selection committee is looking at changing this RPI formula. One of the things that's going to be involved with that is distance. Has to be is distance Has between be. where you are and where you're traveling. And that's going to be, you're going to get more points for going further away on the road. As that's, you should. It's happening now. I just so, think it's going to lessen the talent on those teams. They, I might, agree. they might win the Big Ten, but. I agree, but what does it do for RPI when you're playing conference games every other week where you're traveling eight, 900 miles away? They're going to have to build uh, schedules where they just stay on the East Coast for yeah. week or two. They're going to have to, and the scheduling changes and the conference realignments doesn't just affect football. Jack, we appreciate you joining us. We'll see you tonight at Auburn Baseball at Plainsman Park. Stay around, though. We're going to talk Auburn and SEC football scheduling coming up. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. And Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds not the back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird. We appreciate Jack Hudden joining us for the first 30 minutes of the show today. He's on his way back to work. He does have a real-time job, and so uh, we can only convince him to come over for the first 30 minutes, but that's okay. We talked a lot of baseball with him. We'll talk more baseball coming up in hour number two. We'll give you updates going on as Southern Miss has tied it with Sanford in the bottom fifth, Uh, so we'll keep you updated on that score of course that's the first game of the Auburn Regional and Auburn playing pin tonight so uh, if you're able to go out to that game tonight uh, go uh, go and enjoy it should be a lot of fun we'll be out there and so uh, looking forward to that but want to switch gears just a little bit here Carter because uh, once we went off the air yesterday it was right in the middle of the drive uh, with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck the announcement from the SEC came out about what's been the biggest conversation around oh, yeah. the SEC all week long. In 2024, when Texas and Oklahoma come to the conference for football, we'll have an eight-game schedule with one permanent opponent. And interested to see what people's thoughts are. Well, on no, this no, I, we've... I think that in 24, it's, you, you keep both of your set rivals. I think Auburn is going to play Alabama and Georgia still. And they're getting rid of divisions in yes. 24. Correct. Okay, my apologies. So, getting rid of divisions in 24. It's going to be really challenging it's gonna be... for 24. But it sounds like the table is set for a year from now to have a vote that, as it stands, it's going to be an eight-team. 
schedule. And we'll see. I mean, and that's the thing that I talked, or we were asking Chris Gordy of Locked on SEC yesterday. That's what I asked him. I was like, Chris, we've been having this conversation for two years. The SEC has met twice and they've yet to figure it out. Like, I think they've met more what, than that. I think there's been like three or four type meetings. Exactly. And so what's going to make them just figure it out? The fact that they don't have any options and they run out of time that this time next year where they just have to figure something out? I mean, that's my biggest thing. If you want my opinion, I think you've got a situation where I think Greg Sankey really wants a nine-game schedule. And he's made that known. And I think he wants it very badly. The issue here is he's only got like four teams right now in his camp. And so the vast majority of the conference wants an eight-game schedule. And that's for a variety of reasons. I promise you, if I Alabama doesn't want to have three permanent opponents where they could potentially have LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee, uh, Auburn, I would venture to say, doesn't want to be locked into Alabama, Georgia. And then you got a bunch of teams that just want to go to bowl games. Uh, yes. And, and that's why I think we are in the – the situation that we are in, uh, as of right now, I'm pulling it up, uh, the only schools that are supporting the nine-game SEC schedule, per Brett, per Brett McMurphy uh, on Twitter, uh, it is Florida, Georgia, LSU, and Texas A&M. Uh, OU and Texas also want the nine-game schedule because that's what they've been playing in the Big 12. That's still... When you add all of that up, only gets you to seven of the 16. Mm -hmm. So there's nine teams out there that are against this. And if we get to a point where it comes down to simple majority, right now it's going to be eight. And I think, and again, there's so many different possibilities with this and there's so many different factors in this and we'd love to hear from you our listeners 334-321-1390. It's been the biggest conversation all week long. Here's an important note. The SEC said, and Greg Sankey said yesterday, whether they truly go to an eight or nine game schedule after 2024 with the fact that they are doing away with divisions. So that's going to be weird, right? That's going to be weird to see that's SEC the way football. Moving, though. Oh, it is. Yeah, Big it 100% done it. is. Big 12 is still doing it. Uh, right. It's, but it's going to be weird for the SEC for the first year or two because it's been. Uh, we talk what's the talking point all the time the SEC West is the best division in college football nobody can touch it and it's true but that's not going to be a thing anymore because the divisions are going away and so no matter if you go to the eight game or the nine game conference schedule in the future you will play every SEC opponent twice home and away during that four-year period so that's been something we've talked a lot about so Whoever Auburn draws, Alabama, obviously, and then if they keep Georgia or whatever it may be, Auburn will play all the other SEC teams twice in a four-year span, once in Jordan-Hare and once on the road. And that's something that I made uh, very, uh, very much noise about yesterday was I want Auburn and other schools to play each other more. Yes. I want to see Florida more. I want to see Tennessee more. I want to see Missouri more. I want to go and see these places and also have these schools come to Auburn as well. I just think it, it balances it out a little bit, and that's what Greg Sankey and the SEC said yesterday is that it will be based off of fairness, it will be based off of balance, and it will they will basically take traditional rivalries will be a major factor in these new scheduling uh, conversations. Yeah, but uh, again, we come back to if it's eight games, 
it's going to be what Georgia, Florida, Auburn, Alabama. It'll be State Texas, Ole Miss. Oklahoma, State and Ole Miss, probably Tennessee, Vanderbilt, which congrats, Tennessee, for lucking out with that one. Mm-hmm. Probably be LSU, A&M, uh, because everybody else is used up, and that's turned into a rivalry, and it'll be Kentucky, South Carolina, I guess, and Missouri, Arkansas. Yeah. How about this quote yesterday from Greg Sankey? And I'm, I'm pull, I've got an article pulled up on ESPN. When he was asked about the possibility of being compensated for the extra conference game, because remember, that plays into this as well. That's been a big part of this is if the SEC goes from the eight-game conference schedule, which the TV deal has been negotiated with ESPN for eight games, signed, sealed, and delivered, if the SEC goes to a nine-game schedule, they want that extra money from ESPN, which has been calculated at $5 million per game per school. But the ESPN is not, comp- they are not contractually obligated to do that. They don't have to pay that extra money. Here's what Greg Sankey said when he was asked about that quote, money follows, it doesn't lead. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Money is what powers all of this, money is what drives all of this. That's what. That's what the schools are basing it off of. That's what SEC is basing this off of. That's what ESPN is basing this yeah. off of. It's about the money. Mm-hmm. It's about the money. That's what that's what makes this thing go around. And so I know that's what Greg Sankey has to say, but you can't tell me that money follows. It doesn't lead. All of these decisions are made based off of money. That's just it's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why the SEC is going to ESPN. Uh, ESPN's paying a lot of money to make that happen. Uh, CBS. CBS is a genius because they got away with robbery for a long time, having the SEC locked up as long as they did uh, for as low of a price as they did. But now, I mean, everybody wants a piece of two conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, The Big Ten, I think, right now is probably going to make a tiny bit more money off tv mm-hmm. um as a part of that what that three-way deal with nbc cbs and fox um but yeah i mean i i i'm very fascinated to see how this progresses i i still think that there is a decent chance that it does end up at nine games i just think that nine games is very difficult to it's none of these are going to be 100 percent fair Somebody's going to get screwed. In a nine-game nine schedule, Auburn gets host. There's, there's no way around it. Auburn gets host. Yeah. Because Auburn draws Georgia and Alabama. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Hugh Freeze and John Cohen right now, because I'm trying to pull out of the pit that Harson puts you in, that the end of the Malzahn era puts you in, and I'm trying to build something special, trying to build back to where this Auburn program can be. And I think Hugh Freeze has the ability to take Auburn to heights consistently it's never seen. And especially in the era of of a 12-team playoff, I could go without being signed up for Georgia every single year. I'm with you. because I'm absolutely with you. Especially early on. It's an automatic loss. It's an automatic loss on your schedule. And... That hurts your chances of getting to Atlanta and playing for a 12-team playoff. Mm-hmm. And I, this was a discussion that was started, and we can talk more about this if because it's probably going to get people fired up, and I would love to hear our callers' thoughts on it. 
people have tried to tell me over the past 24 hours, you're not going to be penalized for a Georgia loss. Okay, in a vacuum, yes, I could see that, especially if you play a competitive game. But then I, I ask of that situation, a 10-2 and Auburn team that has losses to Alabama and LSU and did not play Georgia, and let's go with a hypothetical 10-2 and Penn State team with losses to Ohio State and Wisconsin. Like the, that, Wisconsin, that Wisconsin team, you know, that was, they would run through the Big Ten West. They'd go play for, like, they were pretty clearly the fourth team in an, the Big Ten. But, they'd four talk, Wisconsin but they would team. go play yeah. for a, a Big Ten championship in Indianapolis. Well, I'm saying even those those 10 and 2, 11 and 1 oh, okay. Wisconsin teams, okay. because they handled business against their side of the conference and their only losses were the the whatever their crossover, crossover games gotcha. were against Ohio State or Michigan or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. If you got something like that, and that's one of Penn State's losses, how would that stack up with that Auburn team? And then take it a step farther 9 and 3 Auburn with losses to Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. And then. Just for to get the complete argument, nine and three Auburn with losses to Alabama, LSU, and say South Carolina, Kentucky. How would you order those teams in terms of making a twelve-team playoff? I'm going with less losses. Yeah, I'm so going with a, le- a team I'm that has going, the least amount of losses. I'm going Auburn, ten and two Auburn with mm-hmm. losses to LSU and Alabama. Yep. Then I'm going Penn State. Then I'm going three loss Auburn with the Georgia loss, and then I'm going that last one with your third loss being to a middle-of-the-pack SEC team. That is a scenario where I don't care what you say about you not getting penalized for the Georgia loss. It's going to penalize you in some fashion because it's it's the loss column is going to come into play. It eliminates margin for error. It does all of these things. Well, what do I always say? There's no such thing as a good loss. There's no such thing as a good loss. A loss is a loss, and you will be hurt and penalized for losing a football game. Now, I think, ex- I think if you if you have if you have shown that you are a really good team and say like you've got an undefeated Big Twelve, Pac twelve, ACC champion that in a really weak conference versus say a one loss Auburn team that lost to Alabama and did not play for the SEC championship and it was like let's say kick six happens in reverse. Then I think you can have a conversation about, do we really hold that loss against an Auburn team like that? Because I think in that situation, that's, that's a moment where you'd be like, Auburn has acquitted itself as a top four team. Granted, this is in conversation about the current playoff, the current setup. Auburn has acquitted itself as a top four team and deserves a chance to play in the playoff. I like I, That's where... I could see you kind of excusing a loss like that. And I hear you on that. And, and, and that's what all this comes back to is what all of this is coming to the 12-team college football playoff, the expanded playoff. And the SEC's mindset is, okay, we've dominated a four-team playoff. Now that it's going to be expanded and more teams are going to get in and more guaranteed teams that are not SEC squads, 
How do we make sure that outside of the guaranteed ones, how do we make sure the rest of those are SEC teams? And when you factor in an eight or nine game schedule, you start factoring in losses. Sure, even if Auburn has a loss to Georgia, it's still a loss. And even if Auburn has a loss to Alabama, it's still a yeah, loss. I mean, now, I, I, you don't get away just scot-free for, for a loss ever. Right. And now, there are no in my opinion, there are no such things as good losses, but there are such things as bad losses. A loss to South Carolina at home, that's a bad loss. A loss yeah. to a Vanderbilt, if you happen, God forbid that happened, that's a bad loss. <laughs> yes. Right? But that's what I'm saying. You just went to the, the farthest extreme possible <laughs> there. I really, I really did. You get but, blown out at home by <laughs> Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt comes in and wins by three touchdowns. No, but there are such things as bad losses. I just don't believe in good losses. But you can afford, with the expanded playoff, you can afford another loss, I think. I think you will see a two-loss team get into the playoff. You might see a three-team loss, a three-loss team. I think you absolutely will. And that's what I'm saying. You can afford that. Like, Like a 2019 Auburn type of season where they played six of the top 11, yes, they absolutely would have gotten in with three losses in a 12-team playoff. In mm-hmm. my mind, uh, two-team SE, two-loss SEC team is more than likely getting in. Yeah. More than likely getting in. Um, Especially over a one-loss crappy Pac-12 team or Big Ten or whatever. I think, ACC. I think you may get some crazy scenarios where the SEC gets four, maybe even five teams in on certain years in the SEC play, or in the 12-team playoff. Let's get to our final break here in hour number one. Terry, we're going to be getting to you on the other side of the break. You'll wrap up the hour on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Stay tuned. We'll wrap up hour number one when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines as we wrap up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Tara, we appreciate you holding on through the break, man. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, guys. How's it going? Doing well. What you got? A little surprising that Texas A&M was one of those schools y'all were talking about because um, I wouldn't think they'd want to play more games. They're, they're terrible enough in the eight games. I'm kind of shocked by it, too, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, there's three coaches that rode great players to championships. It is Ed Orgeron, Gene Chizik, and Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, you nailed it. I I don't think you're that wrong there, Terry. I have long said that I don't think highly of Jimbo Fisher. He's John Calipari of football. Um, and frankly, every, every time, every time he's in front of a microphone, to me, he just comes across as um, a bit of an idiot. That's just my opinion. A bit. <laughs> I'm being nice, Terry. Well, well Terry, I'm okay. with you on the confusion of why A&M would want to play more games. Like, I, I maybe they just want to uh, get – I don't know. I really am kind of confused on why they would want to play more, especially with, I mean, the schedule they've been playing. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, you talk about Auburn. I don't know who their three would be, but you have to keep Alabama and Georgia simply based on recruiting and nothing else. For Auburn? For Auburn, exactly. I mean, how many great players from Auburn are from Georgia? And, and, <laughs> so and no many. Carter. Georgia's not going to dominate Auburn every year. It's not an automatic L. I'm sorry it's not. I respectfully not you, not I, at Auburn. I disagree right now. I, as Hugh Freeze right trying now, to get the yeah. program off the ground. And right now, I mean, when I look across the state line over there in Athens, I believe you're looking at what could be 
a 15, 20-year dynasty because Kirby Smart's 47. Nick Saban's 71. I'd rather sign up for the 71-year-old in, the, in his declining dynasty than this one in Athens that's about to get off the ground and could, could stay there for 20 years. Now, I don't, I'm not going to go as far as predict this happens, but if Georgia ever wins three in a row, you're going to see Kirby Smart. I think, personally, give the NFL a shot. I, I don't think he's going to do that because I he's seen, he saw Saban do it. He saw how it didn't work. And, Urban frankly, he's at, his, he's at his alma mater. He has a chance, if he stays where he's at, to build a beast that is capable of chasing down everything Saban has accomplished and passing it. Okay, think about it. this, Carter. He also saw Nick Saban go to the NFL and be largely unsuccessful, mediocre at best. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And that and I and he saw that. And but he said and I can do better than that. I don't know. I, Kirby I, Kirby he comes does off not as strike me as a guy who wants to go to the NFL. He, right Kirby is just I just think he's one of those college coaches. He is a Nick Saban. He's an Urban Meyer. He's he's a college coach where he can control what he wants to control. Now, with the game changing like it is with NIL and transfer portal, luckily for him, he's young enough to where he can adjust and build his program around that, opposite of what Nick Saban is trying to do right now in Tuscaloosa. He also strikes me the kind of guy who likes the next challenge. That's also fair. That's fair. And, and 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 decimal points and zeros do change your mind. Yeah, I I so, I really I don't just, look. I, I just don't, don't see I'm, I'm, the NFL. I just no, I, I mean and and to me, I think that that's. I mean, you can't bank on that happening. I mean, that's that's no, a hope can't. and a prayer right now. <laughs> no, I tell you, I give Auburn a better shot with Hugh Freeze than a lot of coaches. And oh, that's not oh, just because I was a Hugh Freeze guy. One hundred percent. But I will wholeheartedly say, I think you get back better faster you build this program back better faster if you don't have to play him every year right now sure appreciate it guys. appreciate the call terry you have a great weekend as well 334-321-1390 give us a call we're rolling into hour number two here on the friday edition of on the line You are on the line, live on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on a gorgeous day here in the Auburn Opelika area as we get underway in hour number two here on this Friday, June 2nd, 2023. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. Alongside me, as always, is Carter Bird. Hey, if you missed any of the first hour, you know where to find it. Go on to ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center. You'll find a commercial 
commercial free right there right after the show or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast we talk some baseball in hour number one our good friend jack hudden was in for a few minutes not a ton of time but a little bit to talk some baseball with auburn playing pin later today or later tonight i should say and then we talked some football with the sec um agreeing to an eight game schedule next year uh, for football so we talked about that as well and so if you missed any of the first hour uh, go catch up with the podcast espnau.com coming up here at hour number two we'll talk a little Auburn basketball uh, only because the disrespect is unbelievable yes. so we'll talk about that for a little bit we'll wrap up the show talking more baseball what does Auburn have to do to beat Penn tonight win the regional and if all goes well They'll host a Super Regional next weekend. So we'll talk about that coming up here in hour number two. Phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you, our wonderful listeners, on this Friday afternoon. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Man, Paul Skeen's just hit triple digits on his 44th pitch of the game. Gosh. That guy's so good. I am legitimately confused why LSU, as the one seed, hosting in Baton Rouge, you're playing Tulane, who is... 20 games under 500, you throw Paul Skeens. Yeah. Why? Um, I don't know. I, I think that's fascinating, especially because I'm not sure how great the staff is around him. There's some holes there. They had some injuries, uh, especially the starters. is a huge drop-off from Skeens as the Friday night guy to the Saturday and Sunday night guy. And they're, their bullpen... score a lot of runs. Their bullpen struggles. I mean, that's what... Can, yeah, for sure. Um, but man, it's, it's a thing of beauty to watch him. He's so good. He's unbelievably good. I mean, he, he carved Auburn up. Yes. And, and, and that's the thing is we talked about it all year. Like SEC teams, when you played LSU, you just went ahead and surrendered the Friday night game and prepared for Saturday, Sunday, because you cannot beat Paul Skeens. He's just that good. He lost once this year. I think so. Yeah. I think he has one recorded loss. And so. That's the reason he'll be the number two overall pick. He will he will make a a very nice amount of money in Major League Baseball. So he's Actually, he's just he a lot of fun two. to watch. Look at that. Oh, two losses because he lost the the game in uh, the SEC tournament to Arkansas. Oh, okay, okay. Where, where he and Hagen Smith pitched against each other, two best pitchers. That in was fantastic. Kind of. Had a little rockier game. They did. Than they are, they than did. To. Still fun to watch them, though. Oh, yeah. Still fun to watch them. Well, we'll talk some more baseball coming up in just a little bit, but did want to start the hour with uh, Auburn basketball because, as I mentioned, the disrespect is unbelievable, oh, yes. man. It, I know, look, we're a long way away from basketball season. I know that. We are just in the beginning of June. Uh, Auburn will start basketball season. In case you missed this announcement, uh, was that yesterday or the day before? Um, they will open up the season against Baylor out in south dakota so if you want to go good luck but other than that we'll all be watching it on tv but what a fun matchup that's going to be auburn and baylor to start the basketball season oh yeah i mean auburn right now i think um i think i want to say they've got some really big games this next year i'm gonna see if i can pull it up i think henry Patton had a uh of auburn rivals had a tweet about it i'm just cannot find his page right now ah, henry- here we go. uh he right now Auburn's non-conference schedule for this next year. Baylor, Indiana, USC, and two of Notre Dame, St. Bonaventure, the the uh, Bonnies, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Oklahoma State. And then an ACC school that is TBD in the SEC-ACC Challenge. Which replaces the SEC Big 12 Challenge. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great non-conference 
like power six lineup. Yeah, that Auburn's going to be playing. And so I bring that up to say, yes, we are still months away from college basketball, but the college basketball gurus, uh, they have started releasing early, early, early bracketologies. And CBS released theirs today with Andy Katz, who is their bracketology guy for CBS Sports. Auburn, a nine seed in his bracketology, which we're a long way away from next March. I tweeted out today, there is no possible way that Auburn is a nine seed. They will be higher than that. I guarantee it. You know what's very funny uh, about these graphics as well? Because, you know, Andy Katz, they're Fox Sports graphics, right? I believe. Is that that true? Uh, No, NCAA. (laughs) Do you see the picture that goes with the South region for Kansas? Uh, no, but I can pull it up. Hunter Dickinson in a Michigan jersey. It's just funny to me because... That's fantastic. (laughs) Kansas doesn't have that. Everybody else, all the one seeds, the the pictures there, you've got somebody that represents the actual school. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, who is yet to play a game at Kansas, he is your Kansas rep in his Michigan jersey. So think about that. He left Michigan. Not only did he not go to Kentucky because they thought Oscar Shibway was coming back, then he goes to Kansas. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is unbelievable. So that's going to be exciting. But, but yes, Auburn's, Auburn's going to be way better than a nine seed. I think Auburn as a ridiculous. nine seed is ridiculous. I think that's absolutely ridiculous considering, look, Auburn's going to be deep. Auburn's going to be good. They're they're going to fit better. They're going to shoot better. Uh, that's going to make Jani Broom better, Jalen Williams better. Uh, the offense is going to be better. I, they're longer. They're going to play better defense, I, I think. Um and to have, to have Auburn as a nine seed in your first bracketology of the year and Kentucky as a five seed is ridiculous. You can't tell me the, the name doesn't carry something on that. There's no possible way. I don't care whether way. it does. I don't care whether it does. No, I'm saying that it did in their bracket. Oh, no, yes. I'm, I'm not I, saying well, no, it no, should. No, no. I'm saying I'm saying... I'm critical of them because I don't care what the name on the jersey is. They've got seven players right now. <laughs> Literally. They have seven guys. And I joked with Lance so the other dumb. day that they so won't have dumb. enough to put a roster together. And now I would love to be inside of John Calipari's office because he's got to be just sweating bullets. I had some bullets. long tweet about it. I haven't read it yet. I didn't read it either. Um, and look, ESPN's not free of this either. No, they're not. Jeff Borzello put out his way too early top 25 and, you know, you've got, like, your usual suspects. He actually has the first four teams are all the exact same as Andy Katz's one seeds in his bracketology. Tennessee at five. Wow, that is high. Uh, and as you keep yeah. going down down the list, FAU at eight, good for them because they brought everybody back. Mm-hmm. Uh, UConn at nine, your defending champions. Uh, Arkansas at 14. I I could get behind that. I don't hate it because of just the talent they have. Now, they're losing some. Don't get me wrong. They're losing some guys, but I don't hate Arkansas there. A&M at 17, fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that that's got a chance to be a really good team. They they return basically everybody uh, for the most part as well. Uh, There's some good teams in the the SEC. You know what? Now now I think about it, I think we have – overlooked A&M to this point talking about this next season I I can agree on that I think it's because the reason we're talking about this and kind of getting a little fired up is is we have been talking about Auburn since Jani Broom announced he's coming back Jayla Williams Dylan Cardwell all those guys have announced and pulled their name from the NBA draft this has a chance to be Auburn's league this year but I think you're right I think A&M has been overlooked by us and, and guilty as charged because 
that's a really talented A&M team. And if whether you like Buzz Williams or not, whether you like his attitude or personality, whatever it may be, the guy can flat out coach. And let's be honest, he has coached circles around Bruce Pearl the last few times they've met up on the basketball floor. Yep. So that's a good A&M team, and they're sneaky good. Now, are they well? Are they sneaky good? Because everybody kind of knows they're good now. Now it's time for A&M to back it up on the basketball floor. Yeah, they, they got to bounce back after that that tournament just performance. It was dreadful after being a really good team all year long. Uh, that was disappointing to watch. It really was just because, I mean, they were the second best team in the SEC. Yeah, and they, they beat just Alabama. Like they, they or did they beat Alabama? I can't recall. They couldn't get out of the gates, man. Just couldn't, couldn't get off and the they, ground. They made a good run in the in the SEC tournament, a decent run in the SEC tournament. Uh, Alabama twenty three feels too high. Mm-hmm. Because also look at this starting lineup projected by Jeff Borzello, Javon Quinterly, what six, six foot tall, uh, Aaron Estrada, the Hofstra transfer. 6'3", Mark Sears, 6 foot tall, Rylan Griffin, 6'5", and Nick Pringle, who's listed at 6'9", on the Alabama website, which means he's probably 6'8", or 6'7". Was that measured with or without shoes? Probably with shoes, probably with lifts on, because that's the way that these basketball rosters... I mean, Javon Quinnell, he's not 6'1". No, he's not. That's what he's listed on the Alabama roster. He's probably 5'11", for being real. They're a small that's team. That's a really small team. Now, they're probably going to be what they usually do, run, 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 also got two and point shoot guards. the ball. you got two point guards and a and a two guard on the court. In the, and you got two point guards and two two guards on the court in that starting five. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Uh, Kentucky, though... Look, when you just look at the starting five, yeah, they look like they're going to be fine. Also, you can, I don't think you can project Antonio Reeves back because Jeff Borzello is. He's got Antonio Reeves back. Antonio Reeves has said he's coming back to college. He did not commit to Kentucky. I bet he does, though. I'm not entirely sure on that. I've heard some rumblings that you could see Antonio Reeves look elsewhere. I would, happens, yeah, I mean, maybe. If that happens, yeah, look, you signed a bunch of really highly rated. You got four or five stars in your starting five, but you have no depth. Even if Antonio Reeves comes back, you have eight guys. Not only do you not have depth, I talked about this with Lance when he was here the other day. What you have seen with this Kentucky program over the last, oh, I don't know, seven or eight years is, sure, they still bring in the, the highest level of talent, but they haven't blended. They haven't meshed. They haven't come together and played good team basketball. And yeah, they're all unbelievable players, but they have yet to figure it out and play as a team. And that's just as much on John Calipari as it is those guys, because this is what he's supposed to do. Like that's what he's been so good at for all these years. Yes, he has one national championship, but over the last seven or eight years, he keeps bringing these high-level guys in, and they're not blending together. They're not playing as mm-hmm. a good team. They're just a lot of talent on the floor, and I think that's what you could see with Kentucky this year. By the way, Auburn playing Baylor, obviously. Baylor's ranked 20th. Auburn all the way down at 30th in the next in line. They are the fifth team, so 30th on that list. That is way, it just way doesn't, too low. That doesn't this make Auburn sense. Team deserves to be in front of Kentucky and Alabama right now. 
They, I think you you slot them in around, in my mind, around A&M, around Arkansas, because fair. I mean, they're adding pieces. Uh, I mean, on paper, these guys weren't the most hyped transfers ever out there. They weren't Hunter Dickinson. They weren't Caleb Love. They weren't these big names. They're going to fit together really well. Which is more important, in my opinion. It's more important. And that's what Bruce Pearl has done in the transfer portal. Look, Auburn was a five seed in the NCAA tournament. They got better in the offseason. They lost a few guys, but they added some really good ones. Auburn got better in the offseason. Auburn basketball, football did too. But Auburn basketball got better this offseason. And so the fact that they've dropped and they're a 30th team, according to ESPN, a nine seed, according to CBS right now, I know we're a long way away. Don't get me wrong. We're a long ways out. But the fact when you just look at this team on paper, and I know we're an Auburn station, that's fine. Just looking at this team on paper, take away the AU and blue and orange. This is a good basketball team. There's no team. way this team is worse than last year's Auburn team. Right. Last year's Auburn team was an eight seed. So I struggle to see the the disconnect there with why some people are really down on this Auburn mm-hmm. team. That's what I'm saying. I mean, just looking at this team on paper, when you look at it as a basketball team, they got better in the offseason. Yes, 100 percent And so how do they how do you go down? How do you go outside of your top five of your conference? I don't understand that. I think you are better at point guard I think you're better at the three I think your team chemistry is better mm-hmm. I think you're longer I think that's going to make an impact on defense Jani Broom is going to be a year more experienced in this conference mm-hmm. Trey Donaldson is going to drop some weight he's going to be better and you added so much shooting that you're gonna be able to spread teams out more because you've been a bad three-point shooting team for a while now you watch this Auburn team is a Sweet 16 team with Elite 8 potential. I agree. With Elite 8 potential. I'm with you, man. The talent is there, and I think you saw Bruce Pearl relock and reload and hopefully figure out some roster management where it may be a dip down just a little bit. Spectre, we're going to get to you on the other side. Hold on through the break. We'd love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. We're talking a little Auburn basketball. We're going to get to baseball coming up, but after this, we'll get to Spectre on the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Spectre, you're on the line. We appreciate you holding on through the break, man. What's up? Hey, uh, listen, I want to take issue with what y'all were talking about earlier about the A&M coach being better than Pearl. Nobody said that. I don't. I don't think we. I don't think Wait, we said that. Who said that? Okay. Okay. Uh, one of you said he's got. He, I don't know how you worded the best. Of, he got the best of Pearl. Well, he has. Oh, I mean, oh, that's, oh, oh, that's Buzz, undeniable. Buzz Williams. I, I, I thought you were talking Buzz, about when we were talking about Jimbo Fisher. Okay, Buzz Williams for AM. My apologies. I went to Jimbo I mean, Fisher Buzz, as well. Buzz Williams has kind of had Bruce's number here recently. Bruce has a couple a couple coaches in the league every now and then that. He struggles with more than other coaches. I mean, Kermit Davis Kermit is one Davis. of them at yeah. Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, um, your 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 coach Mike White at Georgia. He's been one of those at Florida and Georgia that Bruce has had more difficulty with. I think Buzz Williams is on that list as well. Well, does that make of them better coaches, or is it they just have better players? I don't think. 
Ole Miss has not had has never had better players since Bruce got up and running. I don't think uh I don't think Buzz Williams has had better players maybe last year, but before that, no, I don't think he did. And I don't think he's a better coach than Bruce. I just think he's he has figured out a way to coach against Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it well, I, actually, I think 80% of it is, is the, uh, the caliber of the players. I mean, th- this past year, yeah, on paper, that Auburn team wasn't as talented, but there have been some very, very talented Auburn teams that have been a lot more talented than last year's team that have struggled with lesser A&M teams and even some Florida teams that I thought that they were more, more talented than as well. Yeah, okay. You may have a good argument, but uh, give me the NCAA record of each coach you're talking about, Pearl and the A&M coach. Oh, like their overall record as a head coach? No, no uh, as a record going into the NCAA tournament. Okay, okay. Uh, it'll take me a Yeah, yeah, Carter can pull up. that up. But, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think that Buzz Williams is a better coach than Bruce. I just think that – and basketball is so, so unique as well because – it is five players on the floor, and the head coaches have a massive impact on how they run their offense, how they run their defense, the style of teams that they are. And I just think Buzz has, um, I just think Buzz Williams has has really outcoached Bruce Pearl when they've gone head to head. Yeah. Okay. Well, I apologize because I interpreted that as you guys were saying, or one of you were saying that he was a better coach than Pearl. I mean, I, I think I think Bruce is a better coach, but there are certain coaches, certain matchups with coaches that he just seems to struggle more with than others. I, I understand what you're saying, but let me tell you, uh, Malzahn had a he had a way with uh, Saban. Well, you wouldn't think Saban is an inferior coach to Malzahn, would you? No, and and I, I never would have said that ever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyway, that's the way I was. I interpreted it. Maybe I'm wrong, but has he got that up yet? Uh, I'm pulling it up. It's it's. That's all right. I'll listen. I'll yeah. listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carter will have it for you, and he'll he'll let you know when he gets it. All right, got you. I see appreciate you. it, Specter. Good to hear from you. That is Specter joining us on the phone lines three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, when it uh, and again, I don't think just because a, a coach and a team beats another team more consistently doesn't mean the coach is better overall. Again, it may just mean he, he – Buzz Williams may just know how to coach Bruce Pearl and how to beat a Bruce Pearl team. I still think Bruce is is a much better coach overall. Bruce wins on, on bigger scales, that's for sure. I still don't think that we've seen the, the fully built-out version of what a Bruce Pearl program can be because – and I keep coming back to it. I think the shackles, the handcuffs, are finally off Bruce Pearl. Mm-hmm. He's always you. had some sort of cloud looming, and I think finally it's all gone. It, at first it was the the recruiting um, sanctions when he fir- his show calls and things like that that, that handcuffed him early, uh, and then as you have moved – from there, you had the FBI cloud for years and years because the NCAA couldn't couldn't wrap that up in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. And then I think the past year or two, I don't think it's been the best situation in the locker room. I think that um, you're free of that now. And I think you're going to see really what it looks like 
when Bruce can just let it eat on the recruiting trail and with his his locker room. And as you as you get those those final stats pulled up that Specter was asking us to pull up uh, records of 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 Buzz Williams and A and M with and then Bruce Pearl and Auburn. Um, yeah, I think that with Auburn, especially this year, and how we got this whole conversation started was with early early. Uh, um, like top 25 from ESPN and and bracketologies from CBS right Auburn's getting some really unwarranted disrespect in my opinion because they brought in so much good talent I think Auburn will be more talented this year versus A&M I think Auburn has much more talent than A&M this year given what they've brought in through the transfer portal and who's coming back and so compare Auburn well, I, what I will say A&M has is that core group that did what they did last year, which speaks is a back. lot, which means a lot. Absolutely. It absolutely means a lot. And so, yes, A&M will have that, but let's say halfway through SEC play, Auburn can gel. Then in, I think Auburn will just be better overall. And so with what Auburn's brought in, I just don't think Auburn as a nine seed, according to CBS is correct. Um, but there's a lot of basketball to be played. How's it going over there on, on stats, Carter? It's going to take time. It's going to take time. <laughs> Cause there's not like a, I have yet to find a place that's just like, here is Bruce Pearl's record in the NCAA tournament. I'm having to add it up by year. Okay, got you. Well, all I know is that you've seen A&M make a couple of runs. Of course, a few years ago, uh, they made a run, got left out of the NCAA tournament, and that really wasn't fair to them. You've seen Auburn get to the NCAA tournament outside of their Final Four run. They haven't had a ton of success because they fell flat with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler in the round of 32, and you saw what happened this past year as well. And so, I don't know. I just think with Auburn, putting them at a nine seed really is disrespectful. Putting them at top 30, top 35, I think they will be better than that. But that's fine. And I don't think Auburn and Bruce Pearl are worried about it. I don't think we should be super worried about it at this point because basketball season's a long way away. And the basketball season itself is a long period of time. It's early November to middle of March until the NCAA tournament. So Bruce Pearl, by my count, is 17 and 12 all time in the NCAA tournament. Buzz Williams is 10 and 9. Okay. Well, so I mean, Bruce is better in the tournament. And, and that's factually correct. But, um, I mean, Buzz is not is not a bad coach by any stretch. I mean, he took Marquette to two Sweet Sixteens and an Elite Eight. He took Virginia Tech to a Sweet Sixteen, uh, and now he's got A and M in a spot where it feels like we're going to see them in the tournament more often. They're zero and one so far in tournament games under him. Well, think about he, did, he does have an NIT runner up there though. Yeah, that was a. And I'm surprised they went as far as they did after being left out of the NCAA tournament, maybe having something to prove or whatever. Credit but credit yeah, credit, absolutely sure. credit to them. Think about what Buzz Williams is having to do, though. You're recruiting to Texas A&M for basketball, where all of the money goes to football. All of it. Now, there's a lot of it, but it all goes to football. And you are having to recruit against the likes of Texas, Texas Tech, just in your state, right? I mean, there's there's some really good basketball in the state of Texas. Plus, just really good basketball in the SEC. And so, credit to Buzz Williams. Again, whether you like him or not, he's got A&M in a good spot. I just think Auburn is Auburn's going to have more talent. Auburn will be a better team than Texas A&M this year in basketball. They just will. I tend to agree. I think this Auburn team is going to be better prepared to take on that A&M team than last year. And they're going to have more it, talent. Like Spectre was saying, Auburn's going to have better players I think, this year. I think Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson – 
The big issue is the last two years, Wendell Green has not been able to handle that trap. Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson will handle it a lot better. No doubt about it. I, I have so much confidence in that and the guard play. Auburn basketball will be just fine. We got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We're going to talk baseball to round it out, tell you why Auburn can win the regional this weekend. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes on this Friday afternoon here on On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. He's Carter Bird. I am Jacob Goins with you here on ESPN 106.7. Well, all things baseball here from here on out on this Friday afternoon. And uh, we got a bar burner going on at Plainsman Park right now, huh? Yeah, we just had a nuke hit by Sanford to dead center over the batter's eye on a pitch that it looked like to me on the swing. He got jammed. He didn't and somehow powered it over the batter's eye, which is impressive. And then immediately after that, uh, a double that could have been a triple. I was telling you about it as we were coming back. Um, it was kind of a ball. I think the, the right fielder is running towards the line. He gets there. It's a double. It's a double all day. There's nobody really covering second, though. Guy slides in. I don't know why. Right fielder tries to throw it in quickly and just spiked it into the ground. And if the guy's still standing, he gets to third. Interesting. But new pitcher in for Southern Miss here on the top of the 10th as they try to limit the damage and still have a chance to win this game. Is Sanford on top in extra innings in the first game of the Auburn Regional. So how exciting is that? If What happens if Sanford could pull that off, man? That, oh, would, yeah. be, that would be massive. It's just a beautiful little flare hit down the first baseline and then the Right fielder, I guess the ball slips out of his hand. Now, I will ask, because I didn't see it, was it a play where he was already at second, so instead of making the throw and trying to throw it to third and it going wild or whatever, he just spiked it into the ground to stop his momentum? Okay, it could be one of those where he's trying to stop himself from throwing. Right. Um, It could be he came up ready to throw to second and realized there's nobody at second base. I can't throw this ball and spiked it. Could be. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, that's certainly something that could have happened. Uh, Arkansas has climbed back in it, tied it up at two in their in their regional. Yeah, they've I see got, that. They've got bases juiced. Uh, we saw before this last segment, Paul Skeens had maybe the nastiest play I've seen uh, so far in the tournament. Shocker, now. right? Shocker. He's on one leg, back to the plate, uh, looking over his shoulder. Guy hits a rocket line drive, and with his back still to home plate, he catches it between his legs and doubles off the guy at first base. Unbelievable, man. He's just he's so good at everything he does. And so uh, Clemson, they have blown it open versus Lipscomb. It's twelve to five uh, there in Clemson, South Carolina. That and one so, might be over, I think. Oh, it is over. You're right. Uh, my computer not updated. So yeah, it is over. So Clemson gets the win over Lipscomb. So yeah, we'll keep you updated on the Sanford Southern Miss game going on at Plainsman Park. Auburn playing Penn tonight, six o'clock. Uh, Carter will be there and we'll be watching it at Plainsman yes, Park. Sir. Should be a fantastic atmosphere tonight and all weekend long. I asked Jack this question earlier. I want to get your uh, your opinion on this. How do you feel about this Auburn team coming out of Hoover? You've had a week off. You have not the easiest regional in the world, but a manageable regional. Yeah. How, what is your confidence level of this Auburn team this weekend in regional play at Plainsman Park? I am cautiously confident. That's how I'm going to phrase it because I love what Sanford's doing right now, uh, getting after this Southern Miss team. And when you look at Auburn, 
I didn't love the at bats to end end it in Hoover the last game and a half, two games. Um, that's what has me in that cautious state of mind. Uh, I think you should be able to get by this pin team. Uh, you should have enough offense to win tonight, but you got to have some good at bats. And if you have good at bats, then you get to one and zero. And right now, it's looking like you're matched up with Sanford, a team that you handled twice earlier this year. It feels like the path is setting up for Auburn to advance out of this regional. You just, it's so critical to handle business tonight. And something about this pin team is just kind of like lurking in the back of my head that I think they might show up and be scrappier than I think people are expecting. Maybe part of that is my my dad's coming down to this game oh, okay. and was wildly aggressively overconfident coming into this. Literally never, was that's just never like, good. <laughs> that's never like, good. Was was talking about it with with my mom. It was like, oh yeah, there's there's no chance that Auburn loses to Penn. I was like, I hate that. That's that a terrible dead. mentality. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, every time I have that mentality about an Auburn team, it never goes well. <laughs> so I don't have that mentality, and there's nothing wrong with it. But maybe let's be a little more cautious because there's a reason that uh, people that cover this day in and day out for a living are not all picking Auburn to make it out of this regional. Like Southern a Miss could them, do it. A lot of them have picked Southern Miss mm-hmm. and Southern Miss. Just another quick update. Wild pitch double. Sanford now leads three, one wow. second. No out still. Wow. So Sanford, how about holding Southern Miss to a run though? I mean, that's, that's impressive for that Sanford pitching staff because Southern Miss, and I said it earlier, win, they can hit against the Southern Miss ace. Southern Miss has to feel pretty rough. about Right. Which is what we talked about earlier. The fact that they pitched their ace against Sanford. It felt like a spot where maybe you could get away with not throwing your ace. And turns out that's not true because you threw your ace and you're in the 10th inning right now down two runs. And it wasn't even his fault. It's a bullpen thing at this point. Yeah, I mean, because he, he pitched great. Yeah, he did. What did he give up? One run the whole game? Or was that even, was that first run for Sanford even recorded to him? I don't know. But um, it was. I was think. it okay? I, I, I believe it was. I, think, I, I thought it would be, but I didn't officially look. But Sanford on top of Southern Miss right now. Auburn playing pin tonight. If they win, they would get the winner of this Sanford-Southern Miss game. I said it earlier when Jack was in here. My thoughts on this regional for Auburn, I agree with you, Carter, that the at-bats were not great for this team uh, in the end of Hoover in that Vanderbilt and Alabama game. And for me personally... Auburn is more talented than these teams. Auburn is better than these teams. You are at home in Plainsman Park. Should be sold out with everybody just piled into mm-hmm. the the then into Plainsman Park, into the parking deck, into the outfield. I mean, it should be a fantastic uh, scene there tonight at Plainsman Park and all weekend long. This should be a weekend for Auburn where the pitching staff should not have stress. They should not be stressed. The starting pitcher shouldn't be stressed, and the bullpen should not be stressed. I think, See, I'm, just personally, this should be an offensive weekend for Auburn. I'm yeah, not saying okay. that, I'm I, not saying I can get behind that. Right. If, I'm not if, saying if they should stance. come in here and just play loosey goosey and not care. They need to come in and play well. But I don't think this should be a weekend where we're like, all right, sixth inning, here we go. Bullpen's mm-hmm. got to play well. They got to come in. Let's hope they can hold the force. Like. That should not be the case this week. And Auburn's offense needs to show out and be yes. good. 
and not have that stress on the bullpen and, this weekend. And what I'm hoping is that the week off after losing in Hoover allowed guys like Bobby Pierce and Cooper McMurray to kind of reset because mm-hmm. they're at bats. They really struggled in Hoover. Bobby Pierce, I may have jinxed him because I was watching him and I was just like, man, it feels like he is just one hit away from getting that momentum and going on a tear. And then pretty much as soon as I said that, the at got really bad really fast. It's a crappy feeling, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Broadcaster's curse. Uh, but, by the way, this Southern Miss shortstop just made a heck of a play. Sanford hit a line drive off the back of the pitcher. Shortstop has to go all the way back into the back of the six hole, pick it up, and throw him out at first just to get the first out of the inning. Jeez, they're struggling, man. They're struggling. Sack fly. Sack fly. 4-1 Sanford now. Man, it, so as long as Sanford doesn't implode like Southern Miss has, they may end up winning the first game of the regional. And if Auburn beats Penn, they'd play Sanford. You'd have to be feeling. And you talked about this earlier. The two and zero start in the regional is so important. It's so 100%. important. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, this. If you got in a situation where you're playing, if you if you can hold Tommy Vale out, which I think you're going to see Chase Ossip tonight. I don't know if that's official or not. Uh, that's just kind of how I see it playing out for Auburn. Uh, if you got to see that Sanford team that you've beaten twice this year, you got to feel confident. Yes, they're playing very good ball right now, but they probably, I'm assuming, they threw their ace. There's no way that they didn't. Uh, yes, they, they, they threw their ace in this game. He pitched really well. He's not going to be able to come back that quickly off of that. The drop-off from Cravey to the next two guys, just off like ERA by itself, goes from a 310 to a 558 and a 614. Yeah. So Auburn has a, to be feeling good about that. Yes, there's a significant difference there. These guys have not thrown the 100 innings that Cravey has thrown this year. Uh, they They walk batters more often they aren't as big as strikeout guys uh actually if you run into will lynch he has more walks and he has hit 16 batters this year more than double it's more than the other two starters combined this year wow well here's a note that uh jack hudden after he left earlier had texted us that uh he wanted us to mention and and kind of his thoughts on on the pitching rotation for this weekend in the regional he said auburn going with Alsup in game one is probably more due to feeling like Penn hasn't seen his velocity which makes sense fair and he's then got, he, he's got great stuff and mm-hmm. when he's on he's made some tweaks to some of the stuff to get some different movement to improve and it's gotten a lot better this year his stuff is great if he can just not walk people stay in the zone he can challenge this pin lineup which is exactly what zach or jack followed it up with he said uh he said the key to the regional is also to fill up the zone get the win tonight you're set up for tommy vale in game two and at that point you're in a really good spot if you're auburn so that's what Jack had to say, and I agree. I 100% agree with that. The fact that if Alsup can come in tonight, and if he is officially the starter, come in, get some velocity, put it in the zone, and just have Penn put it in play, get the easy outs, and let's get this thing wrapped up tonight in your first game against Penn. Then you have Vale going tomorrow, and if you play Sanford, you'd have to feel good about Tommy Vale going against the Bulldogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would feel... Pretty confident about that, um, knowing, and especially if Fossip can give you length and save that bullpen up, and then you can go veil and some of your best bullpen arms and try to get to 2-0. Because I'm, I'm going to look up the stat, but 
Um, the the getting the two and zero makes such a difference because you've got that room for error. Whoever comes out of the losers bracket has to beat you twice. It's just so difficult, and you don't have to play that extra game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so difficult to overcome losing one of those first two games. You look at what's going on around the country that could affect Auburn down the road. Uh, We already talked about Clemson. They came back and defeated Lipscomb 12-5. Tennessee plays later tonight against Charlotte. You feel pretty good about Tennessee taking that game. Um, Don't overlook Charlotte, though. But Tennessee, pretty good squad. If Tennessee wins, they would play Clemson tomorrow. And if Tennessee could win that regional like we think they can... And Auburn handles business in their regional here at Plainsman Park this weekend. The Tennessee Volunteers would be making a trip to Auburn, Alabama to play a super regional in Plainsman Park. How unbelievably cool would that be if Auburn could get to do that next weekend? Oh, yeah. It'd be awesome. It really would be. I uh, I mean, I don't think Auburn has ever hosted a super. I think we've looked that up a few times here in recent weeks. Um, You want to talk about an atmosphere. This atmosphere this weekend is going to be great. Tennessee comes to town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome for, it, for three games. It would be cool for Auburn to go to Clemson. It'd be tough for Auburn to go to Clemson. And, and And I don't know if I want Auburn to go to Clemson. I would much, much rather have Tennessee come here. I've, I've heard Lindsey talk about it. Lindsey thinks that if, if Auburn were to go to Clemson, that game goes to three, um, or that series goes to three games. I tend to agree. Um, I don't know who would come out, though. It'd it be a be, coin flip, yeah. I think it'd be really close. I think it'd be really close because Auburn's more battle-tested coming out of the SEC, but Clemson's a team that coming into this is just as hot, if not hotter, than Auburn. Mm -hmm. And they have started off with their first win in their regional. Again, Auburn has to take care of business at home first before you can even start thinking about a Super Regional. They play Penn tonight, uh, that game at 6 o'clock at Plainsman Park. If they win, they will play the winner of Sanford and Southern Miss, which right now is Sanford in the top half of the 10th. Yeah, and I tell you what, this is – you know what you don't do? If you're Sanford up three in the bottom of the tenth, oh, what what they do? What stupid thing did Sanford just do? Put the first two guys on, second guy on a four pitch walk. Nice, nice. Oh, so man. so a walk off situation for Southern Miss incoming is what I'm hearing. Yeah, well, so okay, tying run is at the plate right now. Tying run right now, they'll find a way to put him on. Man, this is they'll find a way to put him on. This would be absolutely brutal. If Sanford blew this. Yeah, and it would be a bailout for Southern Miss, as we mentioned, who started their ace today against the Bulldogs. So, well, we'll give you an update on that when we come back. We'll wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line, get into the weekend. Uh, We'll talk about what we're most excited about this weekend as well, including Auburn baseball. Again, we'll update you on what's happening and give our final picks for the weekend. If you want to call in and be a part of the show as we get out of here, we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Just a few more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He's Carter Bird. I'm Jacob Goins as we are watching Sanford. Sanford's going to kill me. Blow up up at Plainswood Park right now. I I mean, just absolutely blow it up. first three runners on the base, at least two of them by walks. I missed the first one, but... I don't know what is going on with the some of the the pitch calling in this. As a former catcher, I'm frustrated watching. <laughs> I can see it on your face, man. And look, 
this game is huge because Auburn, if they win tonight, they play the winner. If they lose, they'd play the loser, obviously. But how big of it would, would it be for Sanford to pull that win off, man? And they had it in their hands. They just had to hold Southern Miss in the bottom portion of extra innings. And, I mean, they're still alive technically, but we'll see how it goes. And so, and apparently uh, we'll, they don't believe in the bullpen or nobody's ready in the bullpen at a minimum but they don't believe in the bullpen because this guy's let three guys on in an still inning pitching. you can't let three guys on in a row yeah and he's still pitching so uh if we're still on the air we'll update you on that but if you missed any of today's show uh be sure to go and catch up with the podcast if you're looking for something to listen to in between games this weekend, go to ESPNAU.com. Click on the Podcast Center. You'll find it commercial-free right there right after the show. Or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. We talked baseball with Jack Hutton in hour number one. We also talked to the new SEC football scheduling for 2024. It will be an eight-game schedule until they can figure out what they want to do uh, from after that in 25 and beyond when Texas and Oklahoma will be here. And so we talked a lot about that. We even talked some Auburn basketball today and of course we wrapped it up with baseball so it's been a great show all the way around if you uh, again if you missed any of it go catch the podcast espnau.com all right it's four two one out chopper to first base stepped on first next batter's o2 and i just i can't i cannot help but feel like sanford's gonna blow this yeah it's not looking good for the bulldogs they ring him up rug him up how about that swinging how about that so down to the final out Yes, but runners on second and third, so a single ties the game. Wow. This is nerve-wracking Sanford, stuff right man. Here. Sanford trying to get a win in game one. Oh, man. I mean, it. again, though, we go back to Southern Miss, who came into this game feeling pretty good about themselves. They were uh, maybe either they didn't feel good about themselves or they were worried about Sanford because they went with their ace. And so, so typically, I think your two seed throws their ace against three seed because those teams are close enough together. Sanford kind of felt like a four seed right. coming into this, and so I thought it was a spot where maybe you could get away with it, especially knowing or assuming that Auburn is on deck tomorrow. But and credit to both of these, both these aces pitched their butts off in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a one to one game going into the tenth inning, and that's where we find ourselves four to two right now. And Sanford trying to hold on, desperately uh, trying to hold on to a game one win in the regional. It's now the final strike. Final strike? Oh, my goodness. Maybe Sanford can pull it off. And not even just because Auburn would be playing the lesser seed. It would I just be good for Sanford. A bloop single is incoming right here. A bloop single that scores two, and it's just going to Bloop single or just a rocked double. Sanford's back. Yeah, one of, the two, one of the two things is coming. Well, you look at some of the games going on later tonight as we await the result of that. Um, of course, Auburn playing tonight. Uh, you have LSU, who's on top of Tulane, 6 nothing right now. Florida's playing tonight against Florida A&M. Tennessee playing Charlotte, Alabama. Alabama playing Nichols. Uh, you have the best team in the country, Wake Forest. They have George Mason. Um, yeah, some really good games tonight. Arizona TCU. I like that one a lot. That's going to be a lot of fun. Vanderbilt, Eastern Illinois. Okay. Texas A&M, Cal State Fullerton. Sneaky good game tonight. Oh, I'm excited about that one. I think that that's those are two good programs. Uh, 10 o'clock Sloss in Stanford. A coach. Fullerton's a great program. Uh, A&M's a really, really good program um, that Sloss is going to do great things at. Sanford advancing. All right. Tomorrow. All right. Good for Sanford. They held on. How about they, them Bulldogs? Look, they just wanted a little Auburn magic inside of Plainsman Park. 
You shouldn't have had to have it. Auburn drama, I should say. Fly out the left in the game. Good for them. Good for them. So Samford moves on in the winner's bracket. And the winner of tonight's game, Auburn and Penn, will take on the Samford Bulldogs. Carter, we have about a minute or so. Your boldest prediction for regionals weekend uh, coming up. On Monday, what are we talking about as the shock around the world in regionals? Uh, I think... I think the SEC gets nine teams through. And nine? Okay. I think the SEC gets nine teams through and Auburn sweeps their, their regional 3-0. Okay. I think Auburn sweeps their regional. And I'm going to go with... Hmm. Oh, I don't know. I don't... I still like Tennessee to beat Clemson and get out of that. I still like Tennessee coming out of that regional. Is Kentucky the only team you don't have coming out of their regional? South Carolina. South, South Carolina, that's right. It was Kentucky's got that advantage, man, you know, of like rigging the system of putting <laughs> the the their opponents in uncomfortable um situations. Yeah, very uncomfortable in, in living, situations. Living circumstances at yeah, least. Literally. And so no, I think the SEC will will perform pretty well this weekend. I'll go with I'll go with eight, get through. I'll say two of them slip up somewhere. South Carolina and one other. I uh, don't really have one in particular, but I think Auburn will play well this weekend. If the offense can roll and the pitching staff can do their job with low stress, I think Auburn will be just fine. And they play Penn tonight. If they win, they'll play Sanford tomorrow. Congratulations to the Bulldogs. We'll be there tonight. If you see us, come say what's up. And uh, until Monday, come back then, 2-4. to We'll talk about the regional. Until then, have a great weekend. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.